Well, welcome to the Awakening Moments podcast. We are just so excited to spend some time with yes. you. Lori's with myself and we're here in the studio chatting away about what's on our heart today. Yeah. Literally, we've opened our Bibles, we've sat down with our notepads, and we're just going to dive in on something that we're really both passionate about. And as we're even looking at the States right now and seeing this beautiful outbreak of what we're quoting like revival, mm-hmm. meaning like these youth in universities are not leaving. They're soaking and being ministered to by the Holy Spirit and longing to stay for hour upon hour. And they're not leaving their campuses to just receive more of what God has. God is resting in these campuses and it's spreading throughout the States. It's really stirring up such a longing in my own heart from conversations we have had um, for quite a few years now about a longing for revival a real longing for revival. When we talk about revival, we're talking about God doing, reviving the spirit, bringing life to what is dead and dry. Now we live by faith and we live by what God's done is enough. I'm saying that like he has done everything through the cross, but there are those moments in our lives, in our faith journey, where they're so supernatural that they root you and anchor you into something that does something to your faith in one moment that could take years to do. And we've both experienced that. Yeah, yeah. Right, in our 20s, yes, right? Yes, in our 20s, yeah. The the church, our, our church, Life Center, went through just a season where there seemed to be just a touch of heaven over mm. the church. And I remember we had, um, our, the lead pastors, Pastor Barry and Joyce at the time, they had decided to set out and do 40 days straight of services. Like, And, and when I think about that now, like that was a radical thought a radical idea to set up and do 40 days straight of services and remember they brought some different speakers in and it wasn't really necessarily even about the speakers it wasn't about any of that we had worship they were super simple it wasn't crazily you know over planned or anything it was just some worship some music and some teaching and a time at the altar a time of prayer ministry a time of you know impartation and all of that but man That was an impactful time. And it was so impactful that it went on for another 40 days. And then it went on for another 40 days. And uh, like until there was a sense of like, okay, we can stop doing this. Um, So very much that revival spirit. And and like the things that happened to like to us in our faith journey in those in those weeks and in that season was life changing. Like it was transforming. There was an anchoring that happened, uh, an experiencing God's presence that has like both called and held the call for now, what, 20 years, 20 years of, of faithful ministry. So it is incredible. And there's this like hunger and this desire for the next generation of believers. And when I say next generation, like my desires for the younger generation, for sure. But when I say next generation, I mean, the next generation of believers of any age to experience and encounter the power of God in a profound way that anchors them, that calls them and anchors them for the rest of their faith Mm. journey, right? Like that's the why. Mm. It's not like we want an experiential, emotional, you know, it's not about that. It's literally this anchoring call and this, this resting in the power of God and the transformation that comes and the healing that comes and the freedom that comes and the possibility that comes when God moves in a way that's not natural, Mm. that we can't explain, that has nothing to do with us at all. That's just supernatural. 
And I think that's what we're seeing and longing for again. And as we were speaking about this, like just to talk about revival, yeah, we believe in the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob generation. And I love that scripture. That, and I love that you talked about generations. We're not just talking about age. We're talking about believers too. Yes, we have children in the young adults age and we're recognizing they've been raised in the church, but they've never really experienced what we did in our 20s that, like you said, changed our lives forever. Yeah. I often look back to that pocket of time and it literally S- propelled me into a different direction. Now we went through many years after that of faith and the journey without feeling that same thing. It came and lifted, but it did something in my life that I can't even put into words. It, it was so deep and re- I love that you even explained it so beautifully. It literally transformed my life, transformed us and had a keeping power. Then when I look back, I'm like that, that was part of the whole journey of where I am today of what God did then was the fruit of today. And so for our kids' generation, I think that's our cry is, you know, the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Jacob generation, the new believers, the young adults, the youth, the children that haven't experienced that supernatural outpouring of the power of God. We're literally, we were weeping, just weeping for hours, repenting, confessing, being set free, jumping and screaming for joy, laughing uncontrollably with this overwhelming joy in our spirit, like literally something you would never make up or fabricate and even looked foolish that if, if i was to think back like jumping around running around like you were just filled with so much overwhelming joy it's so true <laughs> amazing but honestly it was beyond the mind it was beyond even the ra- rationale it was so much from the spirit like the spirit of god igniting my very spirit and so i love it, it says in psalm 90 verse 16 let us, your servants, see you work again. Let your children see your glory. Let our children see your glory. And I've circled that in my Bible. I'm like, God, that's our prayer. We've seen your glory. I'm devoted to you. And our kids have been raised in God. They love you. But God, would you show them your glory? Would you show them their power? Would you do it for them? Yes, I definitely want to experience that again. But I've tasted and I've seen. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I was rooted into that. And it has held me. Would you do it again for our children? Would you do it for the new believer children, our new church children? Would you do it for our children and our children's children? God, would you do it for the the Jacobs? As the Isaac generation, you know, we've got the Abrahams, the pioneers, the Isaacs here, you and I, the bridge generation that literally is walking on holding honor and also really has a passion for the next generation to partner with them. And then we look at this Jacob generation, the multipliers. When you look in the scripture, Jacob had all the, all the tribes of Israel came from Jacob. We look and we're talking more prophetically here. We're just saying this, like we're seeing this from from a prophetic view. God, would you do something so profound in our day? And there's this longing as I'm seeing the States being like, Oh God, I know you haven't forgot Canada, but would you, would you, would you supernaturally do it? We can't make it happen. We can't beg enough for it. We can't fabricate it. We can't just fake it. It is literally a touch from heaven. And that's our cry. We're feeling this longing. Even during this week, I've been walking around in the hallways and it's my mind is somewhere else. Like I'm almost in this place of praying and interesting, like God, would you show up in in the most unexpected way in worship where we just don't stop. Mm. Would you just start on a Sunday and we just keep going? Mm, Would you start on a youth night and all of a sudden the spirit of God comes and we find out 
and we all just start coming to church to join our youth, would you do it again? Wow. That's really how it felt. We never wanted to go home during four days, but we'd be here till two o'clock in the morning, yeah. getting up at five or six, going to work, coming back at five at night. And reju- we could not get enough. It was literally like, man does not live on bread alone. It literally was like bread, sleep, water. That's all we wanted from God. It literally was insatiable. This hunger to be together yeah. in his presence in this place, even though he was with us, there was something so supernaturally happening when we were together, gathered together in one accord, something yes. happened. Yes. Oh, so that's the cry. And I feel like we're sensing that really, really crying out for that again. Yeah. Oh, we really are. We really are. And just wondering how or where or where is God going to move? You know, is it going to be in people's houses? Is it going to be, you know, in our church gatherings? Is it going to, we know it's going to be with people. It's not just going to be on our own by ourselves, but how and where and what does it look like? And there is such a hunger and such a desire for it. And it's interesting because I feel like God has had us on this journey of, um, you know, a deeper trust walk with mm-hmm. him, learning how to lay aside all the things we've gotten good at doing and sort of laying that down and just saying, God, like, would you come and, and risking what that looks like? Because honestly, what you're describing, you can't plan for, you no. can't make happen. You can't like, there's nothing in our power, in our strength, in our effort, in our gifts, in our, you know, there's nothing that can make that happen. And so I almost feel like God is preparing us even in a, in a practical way for how to navigate and how to lean into that space and how to be sensitive to it and how to actually yield to it. Because I, I do think he wants to do it and I want us to be ready for it. Yes. I remember having this conversation with somebody um, just after church one Sunday and we were talking about revival and, you know, you and I both had the um, privilege, the absolute privilege to experience the Brownsville revival Yes, um, that happened in Pensacola, Florida back in the 90s. And it was, I mean, just this outpouring of of salvation really is what it was. And people came from all over the world. People would fly into this random little church in a pocket of Pensacola, Florida, and just sit in a message that was nothing. Like really, when I think about it now, it was nothing special. It was just worship, a time of worship, a message that always had a salvation call. And then hundreds of people would run to the altar crying, just run to the altar to receive salvation. That's what happened Hmm. every single day, every single day. And the church was sensitive enough to open their doors every day for people who would come to receive salvation. And, you know, it went on for, I can't even remember. Do you know how long it went for? Like, oh, I think it was like two years. Was it like a year and a half or two years? Yeah, year, two years, something like that before it even started to just dwindle, like in terms of numbers. I mean, there there was, you did a lineup outside. It was it was leading amazing. a church like that would oh. have been so crazy. I can't even imagine it. But I was talking to someone at the door and they were saying, oh, I'm so hungry for that. And and I just said like, but are you really? Like, are you? Because do you know what that costs? Yeah. Do you like, like, do, do you actually like, I wasn't saying do you as in, but do we, do we actually want to come to church every day? Is that what we want? Like, are we willing to put down 
our comforts and our leisure and our, you know, like what, whatever, what fills all that time? Like, do we really want it? Like, do we actually want it? Like we pray, oh God, like, would you move? But do we really want what that costs, like what that is? And, and I think there's a place in our spirits that yes, wholeheartedly longs for that. But I wonder, you know, do we, are we willing to do what that would take. So, you know, you even described a minute ago, like, you know, God, could you pour out on a Sunday and like it, us not leave? Well, that actually means we don't leave. We don't, and we don't eat. We just stay. Like we don't, we don't go for lunch <laughs> and we don't like yeah. vacuum the house in the afternoon and we don't prep for school the next day. And we just sit in that. And like, do we want that? Do we actually want that? Are we actually willing to see what God has in that space for us. And like, I I think that's like a genuine question that we need to ask ourselves, even in, as we're sort of praying into this, but we're also like preparing for when the spirit falls to be sensitive to like, okay, I I can't think about the time right now. Well, my kids are in kids church and what are we going to do with the workers? And I got to get, I got to go drive my kid to work this afternoon. And like, it's something, do you know what I'm saying? Totally. Like something has to come out of the practical side of like, even just what so drives every decision we make to like lean into this space and embrace and see with spiritual eyes, what God is at work doing. Are we actually ready for that? And do we want, do we actually want that? Do we, are we actually hungry for that? You know, to come back every night of the week, maybe. And just sit in God's presence and be with him and just let him transform our lives and be a part of encouraging others in their faith and seeing people come to Christ and seeing people healed. Like it takes the body of Christ to come and do that together. We have to actually do it. We actually have to come and be together in that space. So it's interesting, right? It totally is. To feel is. that like tension yeah. of what that would cost and what that our lives would look like in that season. And when I think back to like what we did at that time, like I just remember not overthinking it really. Mm. Like it wasn't, I don't remember it being hard. It was where we wanted to be. Mm. Um, the church was pretty full every single day for pretty much that entire time. And I don't remember wanting to be anywhere else at that time. Right. But is that how I feel today with everything, Mm -hmm. you know, that's on my plate, just all the practical side of life. Like, Oh Lord, you know, it's so true. It's It's so true for that. It is a preparation. And I think as we're even leaning into harder discipleship questions. It's preparing us for that. Now I will say, you know, when it is a sovereign move like that, there is something so supernatural that it's like the world stops. The world does stop for a moment. It's like a kiss from heaven. It's everything stops, but yeah, it, you could easily be pulled into so many different directions. Now I think when that happened, I was early twenties, not as much responsibility. So I wonder now in my 40s, you know, when you have so much more responsibility, would it be different? How would I respond to that? Was it easier for me at 20 to lay everything down and be like, I'm here for forever now? We were still working all day. Oh, yeah. Like we didn't stay at like, no. we, we literally got out off the floor from bawling with all of our Kleenex wads, put them in the garbage, like walked out to the car 
and got up three hours later to go to work. And we did that for weeks. Six months. Yeah. It was six months. Six months. Yeah. Weeks on end. We only had one day off. Mondays. I think it was Mondays. We had one day of rest and we just went nonstop. And it was, but you, it was a decision to be like, this is where I want to be. And I can't remember where it maybe would have shifted or if there was a wrestle in it. But now in this season, when we've had so much more comfort, we've had so much more wood, I want to be here every single night. Would I trust God to sustain me? Would I be able to say, sleep can wait? Seriously? If there's a move, I want to be a part of history. Would I want that? Would I engage in that? I pray that I would. But there would be those wrestles for sure. It's it's a major, major cost when that happens. Is it payoff beyond? Yes. But in the moment, can you miss it? Yeah. I do believe we can miss it. And perhaps God is stirring the waters and testing and saying, could you steward this? Are we able to steward this? Oh God, at the end of it all, yes, may, may you help us, have mercy on us and help us. But for that same cry, you know, for the next generation, and I absolutely, I keep saying this, but I love that you said that, Lori, not just age demographic, but the next generation of believers, age demographic and new believers, would you show our children our church's children, your power. Would you do it again? We're seeing it. Would you do it here again? Can you do it? Yes. Would you do it for, would you do it here? And can we steward that? Oh God, we pray so. But I feel sobering. It's a sobering season right now. Not out of like feeling shame or feeling condemnation, nothing like that. Or I've got to be, I've got to be really holy and pure for God to do this. There's no aiming, um, earning or attaining this. You can't strive or try to perfect or make it happen. But what you can do is posture your heart. I am feeling that saying, God, where is it in me right now, today, right now that you're showing me that I need to surrender because we are feeling this. There is this feeling, the posture has shifted. There's an awareness. We're sensing it in church. I mean, I remember during COVID when we were singing behind plexiglass. When I think back to that, that wasn't that long ago. Uh, I remember being like so challenged in my worship experience because all of a sudden I couldn't hear people singing. They weren't singing. They had mass on. They weren't hardly singing. And here we are leading worship. But you know what's so beautiful what the Lord showed us? We have relied on what we've experienced or this method or how we feel worship is or the feeling, the screens, the sound, even the fullness of it. Here, everything was stripped away and we just showed up. We showed up behind plexiglass in our homes on Zoom saying, you know what? It doesn't feel easy and it actually doesn't feel like anything's happening most of the time. And we'd walk away sometimes preaching to empty rooms trusting that people listening were going to experience Jesus. We just did it. And I feel like, was that some of the seeds? Was that some of the seasons where God was watching and watching how we stewarded to say, are you hungry for me? Are you going to pursue that? Keep your eyes on me. Was that some of it? I don't know. But now when I hear people sing, I'm telling you the tears, I can't take it. And the worship that's coming right now in the house is like nothing I've heard for a long time. It's like an eruption of free worship. It's almost like we have to get through songs to get to free worship. I think, why are we doing that? Why don't we just start with some like, just let it just flow. And I'm feeling that like even this week, I was like, God, do we just have 
a set that's much more open? Do we let go of some of the fast songs or some of the stuff that we have this way of doing things? Maybe don't sing songs. Maybe just free worship. Play music and see what happens. And see what happens. But the wow. eruption of worship, the eruption of free worship. I'm not just talking about people singing songs. Like they sing the song and then the sound of their voices. Praying, singing out. There's weeping happening. You're like, okay, this is starting. You can feel it. It's like this almost like the, the, the waves are starting, they're getting bigger and bigger. So you're like, okay, okay. Is it going to keep growing? How are we stewarding this every day, every Sunday? Could it be that day? How do we steward that experience with Jesus? So it's just a really beautiful season, but also a, a very challenging season too. It sounds easy. Like, oh God, just come and have your way. But when you are kind of programmed, you're going to have things done a certain way you've done well. It's a way of letting go. It is going there. It's going there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's just a, a straight up honest question. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you willing? Are you willing to lay it all down? Are you willing to like, like that's, you know, I, I feel like, yes, I am. Like I actually yes. am. Yes. Like I actually am willing to just see what God wants to do and like whatever whatever that means like okay I'll go I'll go Laura, I don't I know the, the way I don't know how to do it I don't know what it looks like I don't have any you know and like we're the leaders like I mean you know of of this church and our you know roles and all of that but okay okay whatever that means I feel the same, right? There is such a desire like the world, nothing is satisfying. Like, you know, this is it. And it's like, I want this. I want this pearl. I want this pearl, this treasure. This is the pearl I want. This is it. I want it. Yeah. And is there a work to be done in me? Absolutely in it and through it. Oh yeah. But oh, I yeah. feel the same. We don't know. I don't know what's next. And to step out just in faith again and just prof like pretty prophetic, stop a service and be like, we don't even know what's going on here. We don't even know what to do. We just feel the stop. <laughs> Will it be crickets? Will it be awkward? Okay. Okay. Well, guess what? Okay. Yeah. We're just going to keep totally. saying, okay, God, we, we're, we want to be so in tune that if the Holy Spirit just whispers, Holy Spirit, help me to even hear your whisper that you're like, stop, move go that we just do it yeah. i'm with you laura i want that i i'm all in i feel like i'm all in and i i pray for that that's what i want yeah yeah oh. and there's a there's a massive contending in this in this time because like the future of the church is at stake yes yes it is like again for you know for your for you for me for many of our generation like we have encountered some profound moments in faith and in God, both like personally in our, just in our, you know, individual devotional time, but starting with the seeds of revival, starting in the seeds of right birthed sort of out of these movements that are like, you just know you're a part of something that's beyond like the explaining beyond the ability to lead, to explain, to plan for, to make happen. And so that was like the seeds. Those are the beginning seeds that sort of launched us into. And there is a major contending. And, and I think, I know, you, and I know you, you feel this too, like this 
urgency, but also the sobering part is like there is an assignment of the enemy over the next generation, like over our students, teenagers, for kids. sure there is. It's even it's even on the children. It's on the children. It's on the students. It's on even the twenties. You've seen a mass exodus of the church, you know, in sort of that millennial generation of deconstruction of their faith. And like, you're like, it's, it's not, it's epidemic. Like it is, the enemy is at work. Absolutely. And robbing doing what he only and always does robbing, killing and destroying because he is a liar and only capable of lies. And there are so many lies just being spoken over that generation that they're walking in, that they're believing is truth, that they're believing over themselves. And it is, it's, it's because the future of the church is at stake. Like God is preparing his church for his return. And he knows that that is coming. He knows the end of the story and he's going to do whatever he can. But we, we see it, I think more than we ever have, um, ever. Like that wasn't that way for us growing up. Mm. It wasn't, there wasn't that same intensity of assignment and, I wonder if part of it is what you just prophesied a minute ago about this Jacob generation, the multiplication that the enemy knows is possible out of this generation of believers. And he's got to do whatever he can to stop that, to thwart it, to get in the way of. And 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 that that's an exciting thing to think about. Like, what does God have planned for them? Like, what? Man, like, can you imagine just beyond anything we've ever seen or experienced to be birthed through the next generation? That would be just so incredible. But there is for us that bridge generation. We've got to contend for this. We've got to believe for it. And the whole motivation is the future of the church. It isn't mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that I can have That's exactly. a sensational experience. That's I don't actually need that. I, yes. d- I don't need that. My yes. faith is solid. I will yes. serve God faithfully for the rest of my days. My faith is anchored, but they need that. Yes. The future of the church needs that. Yes. What God has prepared for us. We need that. We mm-hmm. need to go there. So isn't that so exciting? It's so true. When you see the battle for them, the enemy has shown his hand. So what is happening in the spirit? Now, God's been looking after the church since the beginning of time. We are in the best hands possible. I heard someone the other day say, oh, I would never want to have kids now. And I actually looked at him. I said, don't say that. If ever we needed to have children, <laughs> it is now. Do you believe God has just abandoned us? Do you believe God's just going to let the church? What has he said? Like, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Uh, This is God's church. He's been building his church for thousands of years. Had he not been at his work, none of us would be here today. The Holy Spirit was sent because we wouldn't have made it past probably one generation, (laughs) past the Acts, like first church. We probably wouldn't have made it. But the Holy Spirit came. He is the sustaining power and work of God at work now within us. And I just want to declare this, even in Genesis, when it talks about Jacob, because I really am passionate. We've been talking about this in podcasts past, how passionate we are about the next generation and about revival and about them experiencing God. Because I love how you said that, Laura. It's not just about an experiential faith, but there is a portion of experiential faith that is a grounded rootedness that we don't want to dismiss either because it set us up for 
this anchoring as oak trees to be rooted and established in. And that's where we're crying out, not just for experiences, but God meets us in experiences all through scripture. We see God meeting people in experiences with him, not just by faith, God showing up and revealing his power physically, emotionally, mentally, giving them an experience that then set them on this course and they didn't look well and they faltered through it imperfectly. But these, these are really pivotal times. I think of Jacob and I love this scripture because it talks really similar to what we're, we're talking about now. And this is about Jacob's dream at, dream at Bethel. And it says that um, God says to Jacob, he has a dream. He finds a stone, rests his head against it and lays down. Now he is traveling. He's actually fleeing at this point, but he is traveling around. So Jacob's laying in the middle of a field. He puts his hand on a stone. That would be really uncomfortable. Puts his hand on a stone. And as he's sleeping, he has a vision, a dream. And I love what God says in his dream. And this is found in Genesis 28. It says, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather, Abraham, and the God of your father, Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I'm giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. And then it goes on to say, what's more, I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to land. I will not leave you until I finish giving you everything I've promised you. So we declare this over this generation. I love that God reminds Jacob, I'm the God of your grandfather, Abraham, of your father, Isaac, but I am with you and this land belongs to you. Like this inheritance is not just something that they pioneered, sown and bridged for. No, it belongs to you. It's part of your inheritance because it's my gift to you. It's my land I'm giving you. So we speak over this generation, literally that supernatural encounter that they will see that God is with them and sees them and is calling them out. Like he is saying, I am the Lord, your God. And then he says, what more? I am with you. I was with your father, your grandfather. I was with your father. And what more? I'm with you. And so God, we speak a supernatural encounter over this generation, this next generation, this Jacob generation in Canada. I know you're moving across the world, but God in Canada, have mercy on us, oh God, and may you pour your spirit upon us. And we're going to be so bold to say, would you do it here at Life Center in Ottawa? Would you pour, would you please, in your beautiful mercy and love, pour out upon this nation's capital, that it may spill over into this nation, God. We just ask for it. We ask it boldly. Mm -hmm. You're with us. You're with the Abraham. You're with us. You were with us and are with us. You're going to be with this next generation. So we ask for it boldly. I, I love that. We have such a heart for it. I feel it. It's a weightiness, but a beautiful weightiness. It's not a heavy. It's more like this heart cry. Like we feel it. It's kind of starting to take over this cry. Oh God, would you do it again? Would you do it again? Would you do it again? Show us your power. Show our children your power. Yeah. So good. So good. And that is, that's the cry of our heart. There's nothing more to say. Honestly, there's nothing more to say. There's no more words. There's nothing else that we need. We need his presence. We need him to move. We need his power. You know, I just love even the words of Paul. Like it's not going to come through wise and persuasive words. Like we can get up and we can say all the things, but unless God moves, unless God shows his power through his spirit in a way that is completely outside of us, is a w- in a way that has nothing to do with us, that we would decrease so he can increase. Like that yeah. honestly yeah. is the only space that we have to move forward in. And that truly is the cry of our heart. And there is just such a, 
um, urgency, I think, in this season for the purpose of the purposes of what God has for the future. I can just see almost as you're talking, like, you know, who are the future evangelists, you know, pastors, preachers, leaders, uh, prime ministers, uh, you know, leaders, movers and shakers in the nation uh, running businesses. And like, who are these godly men and women that God, you know, hasn't yet allowed to to step into the fullness of the call that's on their life the purpose that they play in the future of the church like I just think of all those people and I just feel like wow there is a stirring you know for them to rise up for who they are for those calls to come um, those calls that are supernatural from the Holy Spirit directly and personally in people's lives. And like some of them might be alive right now and, you know, don't know it. Some of them may be living without, without God. Don't, I don't even have a faith yet, but will come to faith. Some of them maybe haven't been born yet mm. and will be born and called and step into. But there is just this beautiful space of like, God, would you, would you come? Would you yes. do this? Yes. And it's so neat, I think, you know, being, having been in faith for so many years to be able to look back and to see these little pockets of how God has moved over time. Um, again, both in the corporate settings of, you know, different revivals that we've experienced it or moments in a service, you know, where 95 people get baptized or, you know, just different pockets of moments where there's this lingering of the presence of God and this impactful experience with the presence of God to personal ones in your time with God alone to like God just moving to, you know, you're driving in your car and all of a sudden the spirit falls and you're like weeping and like what's happening and personal revivals happening totally alone with just you and God, all of those things Mm. mixed together, but we don't know how each one is connected Mm. to the purposes that God is unfolding. Mm. And I just love that big picture. And again, in this season, I feel that same thing, but interestingly enough, there seems to be like not as much of a roadmap or something. Yeah. It's like we're not seeing how to do to what it's going to look like. It's such a step of faith and a step of trust. And I think that's maybe part of the work that God's doing in this season is, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Even if you don't know the way, do you trust me? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, <laughs> Okay. I do know the way. Wait a second. I do know the way. No, you don't. You don't know the way. You don't know this way. You don't know this way. Okay. Okay. You know that, that blind, that blind faith. So, so interesting. So interesting. It's an exciting time. It's an exciting time. Yeah. Yeah. Because God is moving and working and he's, he is doing something extraordinary with the church and the, the next generation because this generation coming, watch out. Woo, this generation yeah. is going to be fire. They are going to be, I really believe oak trees. They are going to be so in love with Jesus and so all in. And I just feel like that's why there's such a contending for them. But God's timing will be perfect. perfect. And God's got this. God has got the church. He's got a plan. We just want to be part of it. Like, I want to be part of what he's doing because he's yeah. doing it. Yeah. And I don't want to miss it because I'm just so caught up in myself, my own agenda. I want to be like, God, you're moving and working. Give me the eyes to see and the ears to hear and the heart to respond right now, today. 
May we not harden our heart, but may we respond today, today. And that's, and that's, I think the call to all of us. Yes. That's sort of the takeaway from this conversation is like to reflect on that and to ask ourselves, like, am I willing, am I actually willing to be a part, to be a carrier of what God is doing in this season? Am I willing to lay down my comforts and lay down, you know, the other things that I have going on in my life to be a carrier of what God is doing for the sake of the future of the church, for the sake of the next generation. And, and honestly, this, there's also an invitation here. Would you join us in just praying for the next generation, for contending for them, to believing for the next generation of believers that are to step into the call of God on their life for the future of the church? Would you, would you pray into that with us? And so we hope that you're stirred up by this conversation. I know we're stirred. We're definitely stirred and hopeful and just trusting, stepping into trust. It's, and it's a fearful trust in a sense. Like, I don't know how, I don't know. That's just, I just don't know, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. A little bit of a blind trust in what God is doing. He's definitely at work stirring something and we're excited about it.